Hey, I'm Pat B. And I'm Adam Willis. And you're listening to The Geek Down here on WEMF Radio. Ionically. It's just a thing that puts me in a good mood. Why? Because I got some awesome pictures and I bought some pictures. Hold it. Get your hands so much better. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Geek Down here on WEMF. I am Pat B. In the house, I turned to my left, my man who's deaf. I gave him a pound. He's always down. Black Adam Willis. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You like how comfortable I'm getting in here, too? Yeah, I noticed that. Dude, you got your feet like kicked up on this sucker. You're not home, my friends. Not your uh, living room. It feels good, buddy. Feels well, why don't you just pull up the Barker Lounge and sit there? Yeah, right? I got the lazy boy on the side. Right? Seriously, just keep your pants on. Oh, uh, all, right. all right. Adam Willis is over there, like, oh, hand tucked down his pants like uh, Al Bundy. <laughs> Uh, and the uh, cat you may see fiddling in the background there, turning knobs and hitting switches and talk about just Johnny. Yo. You always technical. DJ Herbie Herb. Hey, everybody. Hey. Wait, hold <laughs> on. Why was it all sexy all of a sudden? That was actually a nice, warm Well, the rest of us like, inflection. hey, kids, how you doing? Welcome to the Geek Down. He's like, hey, I'm my trying, name is I'm Herb. Trying, yeah, I'm trying different I things. I want to get to know you. And if this turns you on at all, you can call me. At, yeah. <laughs> what, 976? <laughs> we want a 976-G-E-E. K-D-O, it almost works, yeah. almost works. All right, but now we have an action-packed, fun-filled show for you, dude. We got reviews, so many movies. So many movies. I actually saw, yeah, a lot of movies this week. Mm-hmm. I ended up going out to see uh, Birth of a Nation that you guys had reviewed on the yeah, show, yeah. which you, I, what, I caught up with. What'd you think, man? Did it make you um, ashamed it, of being I like- had to go into work afterwards, and I was just like, I am not <laughs> in the mood <laughs> right now to do anything. Well, the, this prob- is, the, the problem with that is... It's not the feel-good movie of the, of the summer, you know? Well, since you're the boss, you have, like, fear of being overthrown. <laughs> Well, I just had, I don't know, it just kind of gave me that, that pit in my stomach. Yeah. You know, like 12 Years a Slave without the somewhat happy-ish ending. Wow. Well, all, okay, I know it was hard, brutal. that's like some next-level stuff. Right yeah, there. man. I've been going to a lot of movies. I got uh, I recently got a membership to uh, the Coolidge. So I get free movies oh, Monday through Thursday look at now. Oh, you, highfalutin, frou-frou Yeah, it was like, it's, it's a great investment because I go there all the time anyway. Now I can just go for free. Not bad, not bad. There's a couple of things I was looking into. I was hoping to look into for the show for that. Yeah. Um. Didn't know you had the connect, man. That's. What's... I don't. I just paid flat out of my pocket. Ah. Okay. No, never like mind. Two hundred. Two hundred fifty bucks or something I like thought, that. I thought, but... I thought you could hold us down. It's like, it's like, <laughs> Adam Willis is. Uh, is. Uh, is you don't want to know what you got to do for free movies anymore, nah, man. No, that's not he could do. You just hold the back door open. The flash and flood method. <laughs> right. Right. All right, but no, we do have some news to cover. Let me jump right into this sucker. Steve Dillon. We got the news that he passed. And he, he died pretty young, too. He's only 50, what was it? 50? 54. 54 50, years old. 54, yeah. Mm-hmm. Scrolling through my phone, get some news and stuff, and I came along that story, and I instantly looked over to my uh, bookshelves right there, and the first thing I saw, funny, was uh, Welcome Back, Frank, the Punisher, and Ooh. Preacher sitting right there. So both, both the two big novels of his work, and I instantly grabbed a, a volume of Preacher and was just thumbing through and just seeing how brilliant some of that no, artwork and that story was, is. And it's it was so the perfect balance, I think. Um, right, with Garthinus. I, I, I always look at those books when they were drawn by people like Rob Liefeld, you know, where it's yeah. like the artwork is trying to be like extra hard and jagged and hardcore. No, oh, these people are muscles and, and bones and, and, and widow's peaks. Yeah. Balding on top, guns and hands with calluses and all. I'm like, I can't relate to this. I'm seven. Yeah. You know, but later on, I got to know um, Steve Dillon's work. Oddly enough, through Punisher. Yeah. When it was in the Marvel Knights series, so it wasn't actually written by Ennis for a while. It was written by uh, Daniel Way, yeah. and that combination of Way and Dillon was just like the perfect storm at that time. I'm like, these stories are awesome. They're badass. They're hardcore. 
but also the art is it just looks so good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially right? like with that preacher stuff, like there's so many interesting characters to draw, like Arseface, mm -hmm. just like these weird, demented, twisted kind of characters mm -hmm. that you can just have so much fun with. And he just nails it down. Yeah, and he it, carried it was, that. Like it the was images great. we know came from his design. Yeah. Uh, John, you're, did, were you a, a, a comic reader? I've probably um, seen a, the artwork. Undoubtedly. Um, yeah. Um, after Wolverine Origins, the 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 comic, the graphic, um, not the that whack ass movie, but uh, Wolverine had a um, couple of books like Solo, where they tried to expand his story after the Origins. The Origins fake out, man, because it was like, oh, he's James Howlett, not this this guy named Dog who we thought with the yeah. hair and stuff. Yeah, did yes. did he? But it was Steve Dillon's artwork. Yeah. Did Dillon that, do Judge Dredd as well? Did he do a Dred, Judge Dredd? He run? did. He did age Judge Dredd. I never read it myself, so I never read it research. either. But I it did I do know he he did do a hand of that which I might Dude. actually now have to check out. Yeah, this cat did tons of stuff. Um, let me do the quick breakdown here because if anyone was unfamiliar. We've just been kind of rambling about comic artist Steve Dillon passed away just recently at age fifty four years old. That's young. Uh, pretty young, yeah. Best known for his work with writer Garth Ennis, we mentioned on Hellblazer, Preacher, and The Punisher. You're right. He did do Hellblazer too, mm. which I'm reading right now. Rereading like, yeah. re or is yeah, there, like, I'm reading for the first time. I, uh, I'm taking my. Wow, I, I've read a few books. I'm going through the whole thing. Adam so. breaking cherries here. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Not popping them, breaking them, <laughs> <laughs> busting, right letting them know. Where's that red lipstick? Mm. Oh Jesus! To mark the forehead. Oh, uh, okay. Stop it. Stop it. All right. Now Dylan had he's been working in comics since 1978. See, I, yeah. I found him in like 90. So most of his life. Nine. You know? So I had no idea. Yeah, dude, a good 40 year span now. Yeah, so he was a young, young guy. Since he was 16, that's what gets me. Because when I was 16, I was working like record stores. I was I had like cheap part-time jobs. Yeah. This dude was working for Marvel. Yeah. His first comic He knew what he game. wanted early, and he was good at it. And they were like, yeah. I feel like he wasted something, man. Such misspent youth. Well, it's like when you think uh -huh. of like Orson Welles did like Citizen Kane when he was like 23. Yeah, don't tell me that. Stories, <laughs> you know, some... it's stuff like that. Or like David Bowie. You were, when we had the thing when David Bowie passed, we were thinking like how much he got done by the time like by well, the time he was our age, he had like half his. We uh, can't half start half holding music. ourselves to Bowie status. No <laughs> right, life right, right, right. But no, actually, you, uh, here's a wild story. Uh, well, true story though. Um, you've seen Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Ed Eddie Murphy was like, I think I think uh, 22 or 23. Yeah. That's. Well, when you, really? when you think he did yeah. Delirious, when you think he did oh, yeah. Delirious, he was only like yeah, 21, was, 22 years old. So mm -hmm. he was like super young. And I like you kind of put that in perspective. You're like, man, that guy was the most popular person on the planet, mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. the planet. Yeah. And he was such a young guy, and you you don't understand that, you know what I mean? You're like, what were you television. doing? Like, how ignorant were you when you were like 22? You know what I mean? Imagine I having probably, everything at your feet like I that, was trying to drink and that. getting turned down by girls. Yeah, and, you know, and being that good at something at such mm. a young age is just so so remarkable. And like, yeah, Steve Dillon well, he's doing known, comics man. since he was 16. That's that's pretty incredible. Uh, I dig this because this was kind of cool. I wrote down a quote. Um, he's known for deeply expressive often humorous style. That's what I mentioned um, actually got me into the Marvel Knights series, but his work was actually described as his pages were as fluid as camera work, as efficient and composed as theater. One of my favorite pages that he's done, it's, uh, it's in Preacher, but they go to like that party and then there's that guy that's like, he throws these parties and they're just wilded, sorted drugs and yeah. sex going on like this. Yeah. But there's... Johnny, I didn't realize you had a cameo. <laughs> yeah. No, and so there's a, a panel where this guy's like basically parking a bicycle on a guy's ass 
and just the way he draws it and the way the way the I'm, it's I, so I, I, funny. I'm a little thankful I don't remember the, the the panels um quite as vividly as you apparently right no it's um, so funny and you're just like it's one of those things if you're in public you're like laughing people think you're crazy you know it's 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 such a well, sometimes you got to park a bicycle in someone's ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. this wild party. I mean, and when you know Preacher, you know there's stuff in that. That's just so wild. Like yeah, that. he also did a little more, yeah, I was going to say family-friendly. Actually, I can't think of a single. I mean, he did, I he, did, he did work on like Deadpool. He did work on Wolverine. did work on The Punisher. Yeah, Punisher. None of these really are family-friendly titles. Really, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, the work came from uh, the work. Uh, the quote came from Warren Ellis. He's worked with the types, the accolades this dude gets. I mean, those are serious names. Garth yeah. Ennis. Yeah, one of the biggest names in, yeah. in comics. Yeah, Grant Morrison, Warren Ellis. Yeah, what has Grant Morrison done? Has he done anything popular? Grant Mor- <laughs> <laughs> Newer audiences got a taste of his work uh, as Preacher was adapted for the AMC show. We covered that on this show. Yeah, um, people don't realize that Steve Dillon was actually an executive producer on that. Yeah, yeah. So it's partially yeah, because of him bummer. that we even got that show. Yeah, big bummer for that show going forward. Absolutely, you know. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think it picked up enough steam, and now they'll be the draw for anyone who was a fan of his and hadn't gotten up on it to see what they've been missing. The more of the homage factor. All right. I, I hope so, at least. It's a, it's a good show, and I'd like to think that it, this was one of the projects yeah, that he could, was passionate enough to put his own, like you know, force behind. The show's interesting. It could go so many different ways right now because it's kind of it's you can't adapt that like not page for page you know what i mean there's so yeah. much weirdness in there it's just a weird weird book it doesn't i don't think it'll like but it's it'll, awesome when they find ways that's what yeah i don't think about. it'll yeah. benefit like a just a literal adaptation you know what i mean so where mm-hmm. they're gonna go it should be it should be interesting you know mm-hmm. i like it when it get, got a little weirder it was a little too straight early on it took a little while to gain some steam for me oh it had show. to establish itself keep in mind like they're trying to sell this to general audiences not just the hardcore comic fan. You bust out Arse Face in episode one. People are <laughs> But they did, you know? He's, he's not even later into it. He's like, whoa, hey, for sure. Like, oh, that's, 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 that ain't pretty. Yeah. Cause of death, according to a tweet from Garth Ennis, uh, the appendicitis. He had a ruptured, appendis, uh, ruptured appendix. And um, he basically just assumed it was food poisoning. He was in town. He was oh, in New wow. York. So he just kind of sat on it. Uh. Yeah. He's in New York. Um, promote, he's English. They don't know. Um, but he was uh, to promote a New York Comic Con. Yeah. So who's to say I may have like bumped into him and didn't recognize him? Yeah, like so during our coverage, some a hole bumped into me complaining about a tummy ache. Yeah. Plus, well, it. then you're at a big con or something like that. You're just eating a bunch of you know food, whatever they yeah, got. You're the not food. sitting at home having dinner where you may like, hey, mm-hmm. this is not like indigestion. Yeah, it's a natural something it's a natural else, assumption. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it turned out to be a, a ruptured appendix. He wasn't treated for it and eventually uh, succumbed. Wow, that's uh, a that's that's terrible. That's, yeah, because like, no. that's a very you know preventable thing. Yeah, but let's try to remember for like the work because I mean, care. no one wants to hear like you'd like to think at the very least they went out with a harrowing story. You know, yeah, not, not like oh well, I got, I got well. Who does anymore? No one you know you know rides the the bomb down <laughs> <laughs> down I, into the planet. I, I feel like I'd like to have a clause in my will. Where if they could make that happen, you know, there's a terminal illness going <laughs> Just on. Just strap your corpse to a bomb. Yeah. Like, and throw it, yeah. Hey, what, what are you going to have, a funeral? <laughs> Please. Yeah. Yeah, you can drop yeah, me we'll into a grave you. Yeah, from we'll 30,000 just... feet. Riding an A-bomb all... Now, actually, that'd be bad because it might kill everyone who's there to mourn me. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, we'll re- re- retool this plan. Maybe just, like, send me down on a dud. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> just, but it just lands with you, like, <laughs> down. down. <laughs> you know what? Hey, if they can find some way to work the inertia... So, uh, as long as I'm upright with, like, with my hand rigor mortis up in the air with the cowboy hat. No. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Sure. 
Just stand on, just get a, t- cow- like a tape recorder on my chest that goes, <laughs> Yeah, and a cowboy hat, which you've never worn. Uh, well, okay, okay, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, get the, we'll get the newsboy style here. There you go. There you go. All right, but now Steve Dillon, I dug his work, man. Um, yeah, of course. I've got a bunch of his old books. Uh, like these are things I've cherished because it was partially that art that got me into certain titles that I dig to this day. Mm. You know, the, the the main one is Punisher because that's a book I was always against, and it, I never I never realized that the artwork was such a defining factor. You know, when I got and when I got around to Dylan's work, like he's one of the main things. It may even be because of his work because I read a couple other books that the writing kind of sucked, but his art was spot on. Yeah. So I kept reading him. So Steve Dillon, yeah, it makes had it, an effect on yours truly. Yeah, mm-hmm. makes the story a little bit better. Yeah. You know? So we're talking about comic artists, comic legend, man. So, uh, Steve Dillon, he passed away recently at age fifty-four. Rest in peace. Sir. Sure. Man. Mm-hmm. All right. The next news story is one I know Adam holds very dear. <laughs> I love it when you start a story that way. You are a hardcore board gamer, my friend. Yeah. And yeah. this man is pissed. I always like it. All yeah. right. Well, um. Now, this, this, I, I, this, this is a good thing of weird news, but a robbery at the Spiel Game Fair in Germany inspires a new game itself. Now, early this month, the game publisher Luddy Creations noticed that their cash box had disappeared from their game fair spot. Uh, this whole thing happened in the 10 seconds, 10 seconds it took to look in their uh, back warehouse for a game real quick. So someone came up, asked some questions, I'm looking for this, I know you guys have that. And they said, uh, yeah, sure, I think we do. Let me check over here and see. They turn around. Yep. A few seconds later, they turn back. I'm sorry, sir, we don't have... <laughs> Person gone. Cash box gone. <laughs> it's, it's a slick little, like, cash... It's like the like, Foot Clan, you know? <laughs> like, you say, you say to a ninja? Take it on my ninjas? Makes you wonder it's where like you that, had that cash box That stored. scene in Ninja Turtles mm. where the old woman's like, ah, you know, checks the window, turns around, her, her radio's gone. She's like, huh? <laughs> all I want to know is how the hell did they get all those bells off the dummy without making a single one? That's in part two, right? Yeah. I can't do it. I'm not that good. What I'm I want to know is like why you're so surprised, but that's like one of the tests. Like how did every other one than ninjas allegedly? Well, I assume pass, they get one know? or two, maybe maybe three if they're good. We this dude had like 45 yeah. Yeah, he in his hands full. Yeah, and not even like in a way where it, it's it's conceivable. <laughs> oh, I, I scooped them all up, you see. That's it's like, the like, thing oh, they're too. like this, so you can't like... Yeah, when, when they find him, he's got like both hands. Like, what did you use? <laughs> Your feet? Like, uh, I used the force. There was Ninja Turtle 2 uh, goofs, yeah. I used the gun. Uh, this, is, this is where it gets wild. According to police, Looty Creations had been hit by a group of professionals that had robbed a few other outlets uh, with varying success. Now, they had narrowed it down. Now, they've got all this information on the people that did the crime, but don't have the people that did the crime. It was just kind of... Yeah, I'm trying to wrap my head around because they knew that they could only be, it could only be uh, be like perpetrated with people who had a specific knowledge of the products and of the product's value. So they knew what to take, what to ask for, what to leave, what would take the longest to look for, so they'd have the most amount of time. Yeah, so that to rules enact out that rules out a lot of people. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you kind of got like the the searchlight on a certain group, but you can't prove it. Yeah, reason, I'm, so. I'm like they're there, okay? Like lock them in a room with like 40, 45 seconds before you release the gas. You'll get somebody. That's, that's, that's a terrible way of doing that's, that's the a law. Horrible. Let's, let's not do that. <laughs> I think I saw that in the movie. <laughs> yeah. like, like iced tea. All right. Well, with this, um, uh, see, with this, uh, with this, what came, what came from this was uh, Luddy Creations designer uh, Dave. I'm gonna try to say this right. Turkizy created uh, Steal This Game, a game he made in one day. He made it that Saturday, and uh, the company posted a Kickstarter for the game later that night. 
So in that same day, in the span of like maybe not probably no more than three days, they get robbed, really pissed off about it, and then you know what? I'm gonna make a new game based off of this game, and it's a game where dig the premise, dig the premise. The premise is stupid, man. Uh, it's a card game where players play a board game publisher at a big convention, and the thief, well, none of the player plays the thief attempting to rob that publisher's booth through dice rolls, guesses, lies, and card shuffling. So, Johnny, you and I are playing this game. Uh, you're the um, you're the uh, convention uh, company, the company at the convention, and I'm just some random jackhole. I walk up. So you've got cards and accessories, correct? That's yes, yeah. I do. Yeah, right here we have some lovely rares. And through asking questions and putting down different cards, uh, I get questions to ask you. I get you know ways to distract and like different maneuvers I can use. Basically, my purpose is to jack the the forty nine dollars and fifty cents you have in that drawer there oh. by putting forth what has to be like you know days of research and God knows what. But it, I, I like the concept of they took something so negative and made something positive out of it. And it's very slick putting it on Kickstarter because it's like now the kitsch factor is going to have people going uh, to invest in it just for the sake of, dude, they did this? The balls! Right. I need to know more. You know? And, I mean, I would. Sure, yeah. It, okay, you don't sound convinced. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I would. Dude, tell me I'm wrong. To date, the campaign has raised over seventeen thousand dollars. Really, seventeen thousand dollars for more than four. What was their uh, goal? Their goal was like was like six hundred. The, 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 the goal was low, and it the they're off. It was a five dollar minimum package. So if people just giving them five bucks and they got seventeen thousand, you know, that's, cat, a, cats with jazz that's a hell of a lot of people. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, they're also. But you can also donate service. more, so right. Yeah, yeah, you can. I think that's probably what what a lot of them were, but still, that's a good chunk of change. That is a good chip. Yeah. So awesome. let it be known that guy maybe a so-so game designer, exceptional marketing. <laughs> yeah. Marketing guy. No kidding. There were the original loss was like four hundred bucks, and. The seventeen thousand. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a good. Uh, yeah, that's that's a nice return. Yeah. So did, Insurance can suck it. Yeah. Did they get uh, some sort of like news coverage when the theft happened? Uh, as far as I know, this is the news coverage. That is new. So like, us talking about it is yeah. The news coverage came mostly from um, not just them getting robbed because yep. that's the thing that happens and it had happened a few times. But they got robbed and then made a new game and that's what got them press. Uh, okay, so I was, yeah. I was thinking it was ironically just, enough he says while we're giving it press. <laughs> I, th I thought it was just the theft itself generated news coverage, and then they thought, oh, let's capitalize on this. But if that's not the case, they just... Well, that's... So it's more of like an accidental... Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I mean, dude, I don't, I don't get mugged and think, you know what? I got jacked. Let me create a line of self-defense videos and market those. Like, you're not, you're not the audience I want to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to go to you for my, uh, for my, you know... It's like Daniel LaRusso and, uh, putting out a karate video, you know? <laughs> well, no, he put out a video on how to be a bully. It was just, that, okay, that was good. You yeah. find some people having a good time on a beach, you kick sand in their face. <laughs> yeah. You find some people enjoying a Halloween party, you hose them down. You personally rub up against the guy's ex-girlfriend. Exactly. Yeah. She, needs, she needs to know, okay, this is how the shower gets down. <laughs> and we are old, okay? If you got those references, shame on you. you yeah. It's it past your bedtime. Uh, well, anyways, the Kickstarter's still up. It's up till, I think, maybe the end of this month. Luddy Creations, if you Google that name, it should be one of the first things that comes up. And the game is called Steal This Game. And I encourage you, it's not like steal this album. Don't steal the game. Yeah. <laughs> Invest in the Kickstarter if you want. I don't even know but it's possible to steal the game. Steal the game? Uh, well, it's a, it's a postcard game, so maybe. Yeah, maybe. You've got to be real quick. You've got to ask them to find something in the back for you, and then... <laughs> yeah, then just <laughs> whip it out. 
Huh? All right. Um, we're starting to run over time. Um, so let's jump right into the reviews. Because, dude, actually, you got the... Ah, I'm a little jealous. You got you shouldn't to see be. Ben Affleck. Oh, I shouldn't? No, you shouldn't be. Okay, you're, yeah, this you're, man you're, you're got about... to see Ben Affleck in The Accountant. Yeah, so I wouldn't say uh, you should be... You should be jealous about anything. Uh, this oh, is lay it on us, man. Why did it suck? Apparently, yeah, no, it did. It just flat out sucked. It's just a just a bad movie. It's Ben Affleck playing an accountant. He's on the severe uh, social end of the like autism spectrum, mm. and so basically, if you're thinking about it, he's like Rain Man mixed with like a Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> or he's trying to do a double Matt Damon steal and doing Jason Bourne and... and uh, that guy from Stuck on You? <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, the Boston one. Oh, um, Good Will Hunting. Yeah, so it's yeah. Just like How a combination. How do you forget Good Will Hunting? We are in Boston right now. Yeah, relax. Okay, so, so uh, you're ben telling me this pl- isn't the gripping tale of an accountant well, and his you, day job? Let me tell you. I'll tell you. Um, right. Christian, he plays a, a character named Christian Wolf. Like I said, he's on the uh, sphere end of the spectrum. And when we, we see him, he's got a CPO. He's got this little office and he's giving these people uh, financial advice. Like assassins do. Yeah. And then you kind of go dig into his past and you realize... He's not certified. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> so you just stop. All right, all right. All right, so you, you, you find out that he was raised by a very strict father, a, a military guy, and then he um, his idea was he didn't want his son being taken advantage of, so he kind of had all these trainers to give him all these various martial arts and everything like that. So you get these in terms of flashbacks. But then his job as the accountant, the, the cover is what he really does. He gets these jobs through big... Big tobacco. Big, yeah, well, it's like that, but it's more like drug dealers, big organized crime syndicates, um, like the Italian mob, like uh, the cartels, and he cleans their money. He, he digs through all that stuff, and, he, and then they start like looking at him. They're like, like how does a guy like that survive all these clientele? Won't they just kill him once you know all that information? Then you start to realize with the flashbacks, he has all this training. And so he's a very lethal guy at the same time. He's very uncomfortable in social situations. So he can't Dude, like talk to normal awesome humans. So far. It does. And it's kind of not a bad setup. The thing is, it's schlock. It's not good, but it takes itself so dead serious that it's just like it refuses to kind of have any fun. You know what ah, I mean? Okay, and so, so this has a cast of like Jeffrey Tambor, it has John Lithgow, it has Anna Kendrick, it has J.K. Simmons, like you mentioned. Yeah. A very stellar A-list cast. Very high qualified actors that are way overqualified for this kind of crap. Like I said, it starts with the script. It's just kind of not really written that well. It gets to kind of all these things that it kind of abandons. Um, but it, it kind of, it, it is a movie that you can have fun with. There's a lot of uh, scenes where he is, you know, like putting someone's head through a sink or, you know, like shooting people. And has John Bernthal in this movie as well, which he's really always, yeah, he turns up. And then there's kind of a few secrets that get revealed, uh, towards the end of the movie that you, when you kind of see them, you're like, are you just kidding me? It's not like a nice, like big like pop reveal and you're like oh man that was really awesome you're like are you serious well okay like, no, no, that, no spoilers is, that, yeah. is this on some the um robert de niro movie uh hide and seek where it's like maybe we, we uh, think it's the one guy we're watching but he's really like two people or some dumbness like no that. no this is straight up they he is who he thinks he has all these identities so like i said his name is christian wolf that's what they're like going after but he's had all these different identities and he's killed off every one of them and so there's this one, J.K. Simmons is the police chief in, in charge of finding him, and he has this uh, girl that's kind of coming up through uh, through the force, 
that he's he's like you have basically to the end of the month or i'm gonna fire you if you don't get this guy so she's working overtime and she kind of is like digging up and you see there's like this surveillance video of him taking out like the mob he takes out like nine guys with their own weapons and there's stuff like that so you see like this incredible like um hand-to-hand combat and stuff but then it's mixed with like this really awkward he can't express himself and he has like these nervous twitches that he does where he blows on his hand and it's just really <laughs> i feel like i said I, it's I'm, really uncomfortable i'm going yeah. to hell for this but uh everything you say there i'm envisioning a, an action movie starring uh corky from um life goes yes on. <laughs> you know it's like, like like one big uh, uh robot chicken sketch on yeah. the big screen see there's there's a few things there's like there is like a weird montage of him doing accounting and so there's stuff like that Uh, shoots a guy adds up the numbers an accounting action scene yeah so but and it's like like, takes that pen yeah sharpens the pencil draws but he's he's like a savant and you see him like the way he kind of cooks these books and it and it is interesting to watch one of his kind of ticks that he can't control is he needs to finish. So when he's hired to do this job, what well, sets everything in motion, like this company, like a robotics company hires him to kind of go back because they're missing money. So they know he's the best and it'll look everything for the company looks on the up and up. Mm-hmm. And so he, when the, that montage, like I said, gets, he can't, if he doesn't finish a task, he goes nuts. You know, it's like severe OCD. Like there's an early scene where he's doing a puzzle and he, he's that missing sounds... he's missing one piece of the puzzle and he starts losing it Sounds and so we suspect. see him did he, like did once he play it straight or did he do like full-on well Donald that was Trump that was the kid so when he's or... older yeah. and then like he said he can't finish because once he finds it all of a sudden the company for some reason just he's like thank you for your time here's your money we're done he's like no i'm not finished i'm not finished and then you see him when he gets home like kind of going nuts he's like you know hitting himself in the shins with like a piece of wood like he's going crazy um but then that with that company like i said that he's hired from that that stops all of a sudden around that company which was a robotic company that was supposedly up on the up and up mm-hmm. all these people start dying and all these things kind of and you start you know there's something weird going on maybe the company's not wrong so straight lace I don't yeah understand. so it's it's that and then like anna kendrick's in this movie she basically plays a damsel in distress well, she's um, good. They didn't use she's her. She's good. They didn't use her at all. She was kind of, she connected with him because she's another accountant. So they kind of, like, he can't connect with people. But when they're talking about math and interesting stuff, and he's like, oh, look at this. Look at this number. Like that. And she's like, oh, oh cool. Because she actually finds it interesting. Yeah. But then they're sitting on the couch together trying to have, like, a romantic anything. He's like, oh, gets up and kind of turns into Forrest Gump, you know? <laughs> so, which okay, there so, is a one more part, like I will uh, throw in one more thing. There is a scene where... Wait, there's more than just the awkward nerd sex? Yes, there is a scene where he's taking out these uh, two hitmen who are after him, and then they, they attack this this couple that he helped uh, get out of financial uh, debt. And Wait, he, he helps bas- the innocent too? Yeah, he helps people too. Uh, so, with his accounting, he, he's such a whiz. He helps people with their with their the finances. Place. So, he basically snaps this guy's neck, and he looks up and he sees this old couple look at him like, "Oh," and he gives this Forrest Gump wave, like, Moop. "Just kind of turns his hand over." And then he's on his way. They're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> it's just so ridiculous." Like I said, so if if that seemed like a lot, yeah. it, it was. It was just like a very convoluted plot. Mm-hmm. You kind of really didn't know what was going on and when you think about like this guy being an assassin being an accountant and the accounting montage and and such it was it was a little much like it had promise it is an interesting script in that jason Bourne thing where this guy's such a 
Savant? Yeah, such a, a savant that he has that weird tunnel vision focus, like I said, like with a task. I don't know if it's like offensive or brilliant. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so like it's, it's all, okay, okay. Then I guess, I guess, bottom line is Ben Affleck poised to be the next Matt Damon. Well, Ben Affleck plays plays like a piece of like white toast. You know, he doesn't have to have like wow. emotion. You know what I mean? He could just go. Wow. So in that, so when he's just a blonde, like a. He's like a, the new Boston hero. Like he's come a long way from the pederast. He's clerks. a great. He's a great director. I'll give him that. He has. And he knows filmmaking. Oh, and didn't he, he direct does, this movie? No, he didn't. But like I'm saying, so okay, as an that, actor, that right I don't there think. from the beginning would have. I mean, I thought. I thought this was one. This was a, this was a Ben Affleck joint. Interesting. No. Is, isn't this his script? I don't didn't know. he write the? It wasn't a script like his. His baby, something that he's been trooping around know. for a very long time. I don't think so. And I have he, no he took it. So what I overheard on on a different podcast. Wait, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. You listen uh, to other podcasts. I listen to Damn. other podcasts. I am sorry. What the? There are no other podcasts. We will not acknowledge. The Geek Down has the monopoly on this. Now, what do you got, man? What's All right. So a different podcast, uh, they mentioned that, that. you overheard no, he didn't. That I overheard okay, through the grapevine. Yeah, no, he didn't write this. He didn't write, he didn't write this. Didn't write this? Movie, no. okay, so right. apparently Ben Affleck was, this was his yeah. script, and he was trooping around uh, for years trying to get it funded, and no one would ever fund it. I just oh, you're don't thinking think, of Argo. Was it? No. No. no it wasn't yeah, this, because I don't think, one, Ben Affleck, uh, he, well, he didn't write this. And two, like I don't think he has a, a lot of trouble financing dumb action movies yeah, anymore. Yeah, I mean somehow Jiggly got know. made. That's not <laughs> right. So I think this guy has so. projects that he can just. You know, I don't think he's got a struggle anymore. All right, but and this two, is, I don't this think is one this you'd is, recommend cats actually see. No, I don't think uh, if you have you know that extra money there's other things at the box office right now you could see like jack reacher which we will review we will review in a jack little bit reacher, but yes. yeah, or this godzilla is, oh, yeah, this is a godzilla. movie that's uh like i said has a lot of great actors and a lot of people you like and uh like i said they're uh, just way too overqualified for this Damn. for this stuff that's yeah. kind of a bummer, but I mean, that's stuff. It happens. is kind of a bummer you know what i mean i don't know i didn't really have a lot of high hopes but i thought it would be a fun you know Throwaway action I thought, movie, I which Batman we enjoy, right? A really hyper-focused assassin, right? Oh, I was all in. Yeah, and, and I, thought, I think uh, I think we were both on the same page with that. And then it just this is what hearts, you got, man. man. This is what you get. Breaking hearts, cuts like deep. Did it Herb to me is again. in the back crying right now. The tears of <laughs> the sadness. tears I never cry. The tears of ultimate. But sadness. you actually got to see a movie. This is I, I think I saw this while you were watching Shin, Shin Godzilla, Godzilla, which is I think did I did not mean to make it sound racist. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I got to check out Shin Godzilla. It's the latest release um, from Funimation. Well, I couldn't make the proper viewing in, was, uh, at New York Comic Con. Right. I did go to the after party. <laughs> what did you think of the movie? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was Godzilla, all right? <laughs> Crab cakes. Fantastic. Love oh, it. Jeez, dude, don't... Okay, this is kind of a reboot of Godzilla. Yep. This isn't the Godzilla we know and love. This is Godzilla is a new monster, a new creature in a Japan that has never heard of him slash it before. This is Japan's of... take on rebooting the series. Yes, yeah, because yeah, it's been it's happened in America several times. Yeah. Most recently in 2014 with Brian Cranston. Um, which yeah, which was weird, right? It was. It could have been. It could have been better. It could have been. It could have been better. It wasn't. It, it, was, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever. I seen did better. like the Godzilla fights in that one. I love the Godzilla yeah. fights. In that yeah, one. I'll give it that for sure. Yeah. Um, this one is Jap- a Japanese take where they've done, they've gone so far as to like revamp the monster. It's not the Godzilla we know is this big irradiated lizard. This was a thing that evolved in different from different forms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, so let, me, let me give the actual synopsis uh, so people get some, I'm just kind of exposing here, but... <clears throat> 
A massive guild monster emerges from the deep and begins tearing through Japan, leaving nothing but destruction in its wake. As the government scrambles to save the citizens, a ragtag team of volunteers cuts through a web of red tape to, to uncover the monster's weakness and its mysterious ties to a foreign superpower. But time is not on this side. The greatest catastrophe to ever befall the world is about to evolve right before their very eyes. That catastrophe is freaking Godzilla. <laughs> and I will say as much as I went in expecting a classic badass knockdown drag out fight of giant monsters, kaiju, punch him in the neck action. This seemed to be more movie and tell me if I'm wrong, more movie about um, uh, uh, Japanese politics, red tape. And almost a pastiche, a send-up, if you will, of uh, the bureaucracy that gets in the way of actual decision-making that could have possibly saved the, the, the country in the first, like, 20 minutes. Yep. yep. So You're it's almost right. like uh, death by too much democracy. Uh, but I wouldn't say too much democracy. This is like, well, I can't sign off on this because we got to get the vote from this place here. But it's not about the voting because someone has a political move they're trying to make. So we need to grease gotcha. the palms yeah. here and such. And it's like uh, some some of it was folks jockeying for a position. Some of it was people uh, basically trying to protect their own interests. I, I think it's uh, it, it also sheds a spotlight on the difficulties of making a very important critical decision mm. while being pressured. Uh, being pressured under extreme, you know, time sensitive peer pressure. Uh, yeah, just, just, just uh, seeing the politicians and the other people that are in charge and seeing them crumble underneath the pressure of making these very hard decisions as they're going about, and kind of thinking like what the political ramifications of these choices are as they're making them, and seeing that if they think too much about where it's going to lead in the future as far as their own political position, mm -hmm. that they end up possibly making the wrong decision yeah and the thing about that is that was very unexpected for a godzilla movie for a monster I'm, movie where mm -hmm. i mean in the original spirit of in the spirit of the original godzilla that was about oh there's environmental change and there's hazards that are uh breaking down our well basically our world our ozone is is, is crumbling and radiation is rampant and we're getting these monsters that are going to eat us all if we don't change our ways that's a message i can get behind this was pretty much if you're if i'm not japanese this was a lot of a lot of Asian politicians sitting around arguing with each other <laughs> at, while this giant, disgusting creature. Just what you uh, want to slow the action. Oh, Let's hear this board meeting. It, it pretty it much was is. So like, many board meetings, uh, dude. Was it, was, it was like two hours of people in rooms talking to yeah. each other and figuring things out. But the way and they edited it, actual half hour yeah. of like Godzilla monster action. Not even like in 2014 where you'd see him on TV. No, this was arguing on and it wasn't uh, and, like boardrooms, riveting like conversations. Either. I, I, actually, you know what? Here, here's here's where we have a knowledge, we have a block as Americans. I think it was, um, yeah. but a lot of the humor is specifically Japanese focused, Japanese well, I mean, audience focused. It, yeah, that we didn't get a lot of the quick back and forth. Uh, some of the jokes. Yeah, there's a lot with, to be a lot to be missed with that. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. The, I mean, the translation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can get down with like really you know talking heavy meeting movies, especially when it's like you know like a criminal case or something like that in a movie like oh, something to do with like juries and and things like that but so this this sounds like it was like more like this was it was uh, it, was, it was hard to wrap your head around and when and when you did it was 
confusing and gross. There was, yeah. I, I emphasize gross. You said gross, yeah. Shoot. <laughs> so this is like oh, evolution, just, you said, and this is mentioned like. Yeah, so in, in, the, in, the, in the nastiest, most awkward, jerky. Yep, you got the slime. Sense. This was on some HR Geiger level. Really? Yeah. And so everything's like dripping wet and just Oh, more slime. so. It, it's, it's part of the evolution. We mentioned the evolution of Godzilla because we see Godzilla in, was it three different forms? Uh, in three different forms. Which forms yeah. do you see? Uh, well, he starts off as this thing that emerges from... Back me up on this, but I thought when we first saw him, I didn't realize that was Godzilla. I thought that's, that was going to be the thing that Godzilla was going to fight. Well, that's like right. people, too. I mean, so Godzilla's story is the story of evolution? Kind of starts as like a slime mold ripping well, out of the water and then uh, turns into... At the very least, there Radioactive makes, evolution, yeah. Yeah, yeah Mutation. This, this, was, this was some grotesque, hideous thing <laughs> emerges from the water and, and, is, seeking, and is seeking power... And a radiation source for like sustenance on land. No, uh, it was. I think it was just cooling off. Wasn't it? Wasn't it looking for more radiation? It, 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 it was they, causing radi- radiation. Yeah, but itself. I thought it was. Well, okay, that part was kind it of ambiguous. It, it was. They didn't. They didn't really explain. I don't think they actually explained why they it ex- came on land, other than it came on land mm-hmm. to. I think it was to just test to see if it could stand up. Maybe it, it, it's it, they funny had a map that uh, of its trajectory. Yeah. It's funny that there's so much talking and explaining this movie that they didn't happen to explain what the Man, what the I, hell Godzilla was doing. There was a lot of dialogue in this movie, a lot, and that's a lot if, of dialogue. If you're not, it was confusing, yeah. heavily scientific, yeah. the most broken of broken English. Mm-hmm. Um, when they had, they have one character who yeah. is God lover. <laughs> she is supposed to be uh, this uh, Japanese politician, but American born. And she's the liaison, direct liaison to the American president. And she's the one who's supposed to be fluid in English. And she's the lynch. He's the, he's the bridge between um, the Americans and the Japanese and organize, brokering all these deals to help get American support to take down Godzilla when Godzilla becomes an, a legit heinous threat. And you've never heard such like broken (laughs) like she's supposed to be american born fluid they gave her one of those um bad phonetic translation youtube series like (laughs) a half hour before the first day of shooting and said okay don't worry about learning lines just repeat just read this her her english was if you go to japan and and people in japan realize that you're english they would say a catchphrase, and that was her English throughout the entire movie. <laughs> it was it was all it was an entire film of okay, USA. Yes, <laughs> and and the actual like uh, the the Good people one. that were the other people that were from America that that clearly were not sort of an ambassador to to Japan, like weren't speaking Japanese at all. Mm. They spoke, and this was intentional. Um, they spoke a very slow and very deliberate. Uh, they they fully enunciated enunciated yes. uh, their English, mm-hmm. uh, and they spoke very slowly. But it wasn't like how an American would talk. It was how they should talk in order for a Japanese audience to pick up that they're speaking in English. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I I can only I can only justify this with is I think I now know how friends I have that I've shown movies. Uh, where there's like an American speaking Japanese. Oh, isn't this guy's fluid? Check him out. The skill that required the research in this role. They're like, oh yeah, no, it's uh, 
That's great. No, his French is spot on. His <laughs> Japanese is amazing. His Chinese is. Can I go yeah, now? Yeah, can he order for me on the menu? Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, we got to taste the raw medicine there, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the yeah. rest of this movie was. It's a lot more political drama esque than I ever anticipated going Sure, in. yeah. It's not usually the first thing, at least for me, what I'm thinking when I go into a Godzilla movie or any movie that has a giant thing destroying. Yeah. And whatever this, city happens to be in. Well, a lot, main, a lot of the original Je- um, Godzilla movies do have a lot of a lot of dialogue, and they not the ones with the monsters. I'm I'm talking the ones where it was like purely focused on Godzilla, mm-hmm. uh, and there was a lot of back and forth, a lot of a lot of politics involved, a lot of talks, as you said, on radiation and the ramifications of of you know using. Radiation. Yeah, but in those, uh, I felt yeah. they had more of the people's best interest at heart. In this one, I felt it wasn't just general people; it was Jap- it was Japan. Specifically, and I felt, um, I felt kind of like an outsider looking in, uh, because I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not directly from Japanese culture, and I felt this was heavily centric on there to the point where I understand why they didn't release it. It wasn't like a worldwide, you know, international release that ran in theaters in a regular run. It only played in specific places at specific times because it's meant, and I blatantly meant. For Japanese audiences. Yeah. Well, it's like the movie uh, The Mermaid I saw. Remember I did a review of that? Yeah, I remember and that. that was, you know, it's, it's the same thing. Raved about it. Great. Like, most popular movie in the world. Had never heard of it. And never heard of it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, well, I gotta go check that. It was playing at one theater, but it was, mm-hmm. that theater was packed in like a matinee. Yeah. This but one, they, they, they controlled it, yeah. the, uh, they controlled the run. And I mentioned Gross before. That was part of Godzilla's evolution. One thing they've done now is they redesigned the creature itself. Okay. So that, and the thing that I really got me. I did see a picture, is, yeah. Most, mostly I've got trypophobia, and every second this thing was on screen, I'm just, like, <laughs> uncomfortable and itching and squirming in my seat. Because normally we know Godzilla as he's got, like, those weird scales on him, and that's part of his design. This, every, in this, this new design now, every single one of those scales is just, like, a large break in the skin that's part of the evolution. The creature is too big for its skin. And, it's, and that's like part of the grow. And I'm like, that's that's nasty. That's gross. It's dude. probably like a yeah. like an, an evolved vent to get rid of all that that's, internal heat that it's generating. That's so much worse because the first time we see that, it's in gills that it's crawling along the city yeah. streets and dropping this like red pussy. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, so they, you- they went they went they went all out. I will say though, one the part of the redesign I did think was freaking cool is when you see him uh, start working the laser technique. And they've oh, got yeah. some new moves Godzilla's pulling. Now he's got, like, lasers out of his back. Uh-huh. Uh, each of those scales is like a gun shooting a laser. Um, they worked the breath in three different forms. This was He this built was up badass. to it. It was probably the best scene in the entire movie. It was Godzilla sort of charging up its its breath weapon and yeah. then shooting it out. And it comes out Dude, in multiple cool. forms. And it's building up and building up to... And it goes through, like, a, a new phase of its intensity. And mm. it gets stronger and... Yeah, they explain things. It's almost on the same level of scientific explanation as. Um, do you remember the, that movie, that dragon movie with Matthew McConaughey and and Christian Bale? Yeah, Rain of Fire. Rain of Fire. Thank you. Good. Um, it, in Rain of Fire, they had like a scientific explanation to how they can breathe fire. Yeah. It's movie science, it, but it made sense yeah, if like, things could. Actually it has do two this. different chemicals in the back and yeah. they mix and. This was like that. You I know, you have you. Godzilla. He breathes out a gas, and that's how you know that's part of his Nights, methane, his yeah. body, way his body processes. But then, because he can also do the fire, he can create a spark and focus that. And I'm like, oh, they're really working it in. And you get that in these cool scenes of him taking down. Anyway, I don't want to go into spoilers. I'll just kind of wrap this up really quick because I like the new take on Godzilla. I like that this is a focus uh, on revamping and not sensationalizing monster fights. 
in previous years we've got we've gotten to the point where you root for Godzilla more often than not and this took it back to know Godzilla is a threat from very beginning to very end you just want this thing gone yeah. okay it is killing people it's destroying property your nation is like all, all your arguments are invalid. This thing just needs to be to be stopped and dropped. Which should seem obvious, you know. So. Well, no, this is, I mean, he had the mean face on everything. This yeah. wasn't like Godzilla dancing with the kids in a commercial at the end. This was Godzilla will eat your family. Mm. And so then, and would then, like, you recommend yes or no? I wouldn't, um, but I, that's because I, I, as an American, I wouldn't. I felt so out of place in the back and forth dialogue between Godzilla scenes that this was very obviously not meant for me. Also, lots of it did not make sense, and I, I still think it probably wouldn't make sense if I understood the dialogue um, like fluidly, but I didn't. There was this whole bit we talked about with where they're trying to understand the situation, and to do that, they've got notes from a dead scientist who didn't even leave uh, yeah. a key or a legend to understand his work, but somehow we fold this paper a certain way and we get a message. It's like, okay, cool, it's gonna make sense now. Never once understood a damn thing anyone yeah. was saying. They had computer diagrams, they had like graphical printouts, they had like uh, uh, sonograms of like motion. They had, they even had like just video image of what. None of it made any sense. Okay. And I couldn't wait to see Godzilla on screen. Then I saw Godzilla on screen, and I could not wait for him to get off screen again. <laughs> All right, I wouldn't recommend this, but if you're a hardcore Godzilla fan, I'd say see it for closure. Cool. Only. I would recommend the hell out of this movie. How the hell did you have such I a love, good time? There, there are faults to it, and, and you brought up one of the big ones, which is the fault with the paper solving the yeah, mystery the thing. Whole... And the other fault is the CG work is definitely not up to snuff with what you get here in the States. Mm -hmm. But those two things aside, if political government interworking dialogue, heavy complex dialogue and sciencey stuff is your thing, then you're going to be a I, I loved that. That part of it, I absolutely loved. And I loved the weird chicken, rat, skinless oh, fish geez. thing. Oh, uh, Stop. The, the, the memory alone is getting to me. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Johnny says, see Shin Godzilla if you enjoy political drama, red tape, and BS. Yep. Best one yet. Oh, Aside from the original. Okay. Well, on the subject of actual good movies, Adam. Yeah. Uh, you got, got to see to this see. as well. We, yes, yeah, so We went out to see uh, Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. Jack Reacher, Never is, Go Back. Yeah, this is not one of those uh, Tom Cruise joint, you know? Yeah. Okay, okay. Now, <laughs> so right the, off the bat, tell me, the title Never Go Back. I couldn't stop myself from saying, I said like three times, Jack Reacher, Never back. Go Black, right? Yeah. Oh, wait, no, no. <laughs> well, this is, it's funny you mentioned the, uh, the title because this is, um, this is based on, obviously, uh, the Lee Child novel. There's like 21 of these things. Tons and of, yeah. they're, they're all really, really good, but they're all really kind of the same. And they have really like bland, generic titles that you kind of forget. Which uh, which one you've read? You know what I mean. I've read a few of them, but I haven't read uh, this one in particular. But this is just a a lot like the other ones. This um, kind of like a you must uncover a government conspiracy. One of yeah. this girl that he's uh, talking to, played by Colby uh, Smolders. Colby Smolders mm -hmm. is all of a sudden also known like as he, uh, Aunt Robin from uh, How, you, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Or um uh damn it um Maria Hill from the Avengers movies. Yeah. So she. She plays this uh, government, basically his old job that he had um, when he was still in the service. Now he's this roaming kind of 
free spirit yeah, like just really kind of hitchhiking home so but it is because he you know he was a life jack reacher's a lifelong military guy he's, he comes from a family of it he you know this is all he knew and like all of a sudden Audie murphy level of decorations yeah. so all he all ribbons. he knew was this and so he just kind of dropped out so he's talking to this girl she's kind of connected back into that world that like i said did his old job and then as soon as he goes to see her, he realizes that she was, uh, was, it? She, was she was arrested for espionage. Mm -hmm. And so he must uncover this, you know, thrown back into it, uncover this uh, ungovern uh, government conspiracy well, dude, they involving this, a lot like, of... I've seen a lot of, like, espionage films and, like, you know, oh, there's government intrigue, we're gonna go, they're hiding secrets. And they do it so well, like, you can tell when it's orchestrated where this is an actual cover-up. I feel like there's a conspiracy here. The way they did it in Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. Tell me it didn't feel like just the most ham-fisted, forced, it was, obvious the thing was, It was so quick, though. Like, all of a sudden, like, he just jumps in, and then he's like, okay, I gotta bust, bust this girl out of prison. You know what well, I mean? Like, yeah, but I, I would be, too. If I was someone with Jack Reacher's skills, and they just approached me like, oh, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here to see my friend Adam Willis. He's not here anymore. Oh, okay, what's he on vacation? No, he's in jail. He's a traitor to his country. Um, okay, can I get some information? No, get out. Like, what? No, but it's oh, funny you're like, here. Now piss off. Yeah. Yeah, it was very. Uh, I, okay, uh, I'm not going to jump to conclusions. I didn't read the book. I anticipate this is. I imagine this is one of those parts of the story that possibly had a longer play out. So, so it would make more sense. And in the movie, you only have a certain amount of time. And yeah. they wanted to get it all in. Well, so that part was. It, it's like five minutes. Uh, yeah, that we maybe find out. wasn't. She's in jail. I'm breaking her out because I'm Jack. Yeah. Richard. I mean the 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 kind of the guts to this thing the uh the like the meat and potatoes of it all mm -hmm. was um once they get he gets her out of prison and they're together yeah. all of a sudden they're thrown a curveball and they have this young girl with them that's yep. supposedly jack reacher's daughter that he didn't know about see that and part so she's a young girl TV, that part felt really tv movie to me yeah so it's but it, at the same time it's it's throwing this young uh girl who's kind of had a very rough life up to that point in mm -hmm the custody with these people that ve are very much not parents they don't they don't oh, know no, they how, are not they don't know no, how to talk to a young girl they don't know how to act around them they don't know how to handle it and so this kind of makeshift nuclear family that's developed is 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 kind of interesting and it's just like they don't know how quite what to do they try to dump her off and they realize they can't because she's in danger and then I he do starts want to, to like her when they did that though it felt like it could go uh, road comedy at any point, and I was I was really yeah. afraid of that the whole movie. It didn't do that. I was very thankful. But there was some lighthearted, funny kind of stuff, and mostly it's because it's like it's like where where were you? And you they kind of gotta act like the parent, like yeah, you know that's it's not more like I'm upset you're gone. You're like no, you're gonna die if you, yeah. if you don't listen to us. You know what I mean? And yeah, he kind of does was... that. And she's like oh, you're very intense. He's like. Normally yeah. that stuff bugs me though, because I mentioned TV movies. When you see that, that's like the obvious thing. Someone does something extremely stupid, and this was just a girl who thought she was being smart, but didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, you're being smart if someone's looking yeah. to like you know. She's uh, if, if someone's looking to steal your your your, your purse or something. Yeah, she's when got people the... are looking to kill you part as to cover up a, an international uh, like you know conspiracy. Then yeah, maybe you should listen to the people who are you know dodging bullets for you. Yeah, she's got the you know the street smarts, but she did she really. I mean, the thing is, she's had a tough life, so she's very untrusting. So it takes her a while to really understand what's going on. Obviously, I mean, to be fair, like, Adam, the movie, you're you're on you're untrusted. Yes, Come on. yeah, quite like this man trusts nobody. And so it, you know, not even the Jack movie Richard. gets off really fast. Like I said, there's a lot happening right away. Um, and reflecting on the, uh, the the movie, the first Jack Reacher, mm -hmm. um, 
I don't think it was quite as good as that one. I really liked the the first yeah, one. It I was didn't get the, the same for McQuarrie. I think it was because it was like it wasn't really as good as the fight scenes. I don't think the set pieces were that great. That one even had a great like car chase. There was a lot. I think the action was just better. And I it looked better. How... It was a better looking movie. I thought like you could tell where that money went. You could tell like the set pieces, just really the way they were this really kind of lot like they got a couple of cars, some flashy props. Well, I'm talking about the first so, one. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this one doesn't look like that at all. No, this one doesn't. No. It looks like you know you see how much it was made, and you're like, well, really? Yeah, it cost that no. much? And then plus the first one had Werner freaking Herzog <laughs> as the as the villain. You're never gonna yeah, top was, that. No, he was the creepiest. And so you had ever. the guy. What's his name? He, I think he goes by the Hunter. Oh, in this movie. In this movie, yeah. Yeah, and th- yo, he may have, he may as well well have been like just a collection of ninjas that they, right. just, they just continuously throw at him because he he's this impossible force. He's a generic but, uh, uh, villain in this. Yeah, they, one, they never so. give him a name. You never find out his true purpose. Besides, they paid me to kill this guy. I'm killing this guy. Okay, cool. Yeah. Why are you killing all these other people as well? Because that's you just know? it. It was it, it got a little into itself, and I do like how they tried to show Jack Reacher as because the sense we got from the first Jack Reacher was he's Batman without a suit. This dude's untouchable. He yeah. pops up when necessary. He's got the information already. He kicks the ass. Like, the asses that needed to be kicked, he kicked them five minutes ago. He's just here to admire his handiwork when you arrive, you know? Yeah. And this one, he's more like Daredevil. You watch him. He's good, but he gets, like, hurt. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, he gets he's hit with in, a bat. He gets, you know, he yeah, gets he's stabbed fa- at one He's point. fallible. But they're all, they're, the writing seemed like, well, we just need to make another Jack Reacher story. So let's yeah. make a Jack Reacher story. Something to hold and, over. I mean, these yeah. are, I mean, the thing people were obviously upset with, too, because Jack Reacher is obviously, in the books, he's 6'5 or 6'6. He's a huge guy. You can't fall so, full-time cruise for being yeah, short. Yeah, so, no, so but people are like, <laughs> oh, look at this, you know, this little guy, I mean, he asked, Lee Child, from what I understand, uh, for his permission to, to get his blessing, and Lee Child's like, "Yes, I want you to do that." Right. So uh, if anybody's like really upset, it's kind of missing the point. I think he does g- good homage to this character because yeah, no, he I, is I kind still of a, dig the crap out of alone, Tom Tom kind of is the man, the loner, kind of lonely existence that he has now. And like when she asks him, that, it's just like, "Don't you get lonely?" He's like, "Yeah, sometimes." You know, and, and it's just kind of that like he can't really outwards because he doesn't know how to communicate. He never no. really, you know, it's just this kind of giving and taking orders of this well, life that he's had. And so like him trying to express himself is like it's 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 difficult. And I think he does some really good acting trying to get mm-hmm. that across. You see how uncomfortable it is for him. No, totally. I will say um, those may not like our complaints may not be the biggest deterrent friend who may be on the fence about this movie. Right. Because if you're on the fence and eh, nothing we say is going to sway you, you're on the fence because you like Jack Reacher. But maybe there's some other factor jumping in. <clears throat> I, I recall when I got well when the movie let out, it's meant for a very specific audience. Because yeah. I was in a full theater, I turned around, all dudes. Yeah. Full theater, not a single XX chromosome in the house. <laughs> all right, yeah. all just old dudes. A lot of them look like military veterans. Like this appeals to a very niche audience, but the audience knows what they're going, what they're getting into on going in. I would just say, don't go in expecting to have as good a time as you may have had with the first Jack Reacher. This one tried to be more human. I think kind of failed on that level if you focus on Reacher himself. I did like Colby Smulders in it. Um, The girl, the daughter, is kind of inconsequential. Same thing with the uh, big villain, the the, the, assassin chasing him the whole time. Honestly, dude, the big reveal at the end, it felt like tacked on. Like, where the hell did that come from? This whole time you're led to believe one thing, and I can understand throwing a uh, a curve or a twist, but I'm just like, really? That's what the, when the hell did you work that out in your head? You know, and it just seemed kind of—it just seemed like, like kind of random to something that had been uh, they'd established for so long. 
I do want to call out real quick Aldous Hodge. For a long time, I've touted Aldous Hodge on this show. And you look at me like you're looking at me right now. Because Aldous Hodge is the brother from um, uh, Leverage. Mm-hmm. He played Hardison the Hacker. Yeah. He's done like bit parts on like Castle. Yeah, on he, LA. he just like, gets beat up in this movie. Yeah, right? but he, he, does, he, he, he gets his he's ass good. handed to him a lot. But this is like him doing legit, legit acting work where he's an ascent, a major part of the storyline play out. It was good. And finally, a standout performance. I like this dude. I like when, you know, actors that, that ha- had seemingly been resigned to like second and third tiers get a chance to shine. This will be I mean, a little more I still think he's second and third tier, but it definitely is a bigger movie. It's a big it, it is, though. That's just the facts. I think it, this is definitely a bigger movie, though. Okay, yeah, and true. Second and second, second and third tier up against Tom Cruise. Exactly. I think, yeah. I think is okay. But at the same time, you said uh, Kobe Smulders, like, she gets all the time to be just as powerful as he is in this movie, just mm-hmm. as much, you know, screen time. I think, you you know, like if you go back to the Mission Impossible's to I me mean, to make this really quick, like yeah. he has really good uh, female characters in his movie that are you know on, on the same level as he. Yeah, and so was... these are really, I mean, just saying as a as a female role, you know, see that in action movies a long time that they share screen time with the biggest action star in the world. You know what I mean? Well, that, I, I like, bought her as like stuff. a cold military person. Yeah, you know, like, I, like I, I, I believe sure. her in that role. Also, she's done some. She did a little body work for it. You can tell in a couple of scenes. And it's just paying attention to these kinds of character traits, I think, are are good. I would recommend anyone who's into Jack Reacher see this. If you're not, there's other movies to go and get your action fix. Sure. Like The Accountant, which you shouldn't see. (laughs) Like Godzilla. Definitely watch that. Uh, I'm waiting on John Wick 2. Get your wick debt. (laughs) John Wick Deer. John Wick Deer. John Wick, the, the, the wickening. All right, so this has been The Geek Down here on WEMF. want to thank you all for joining us for another action-packed, fun-filled episode. want to remind you, you can catch us every Monday nights right here on WEMFradio.com. If you heard anything on this show you want to chime in on, have an opinion, or you really want to tell us why we need to see uh, Jack Reacher 3 back in the habit, um, hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com, or just hit us up on the website at geek-down.com. Also, social media, we are all over the place. If you're watching the broadcast now, it's twitch.tv slash thegeekdown. Oh, I'd like to add to that. If they want to actually chime in live, they can do that on Twitch. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. Got a feed right on the side. And also, if you want to hear our melodious voices and audio, you can also check us out on SoundCloud slash geekdown, on iTunes slash thegeekdown, on uh, YouTube slash geekdown, on Facebook slash geekdown, on Twitter, slash geekdown. And you can always hear us right here on Monday nights, 9 p.m., same bat time, same bat channel. I hope you'll join us. Until then, be excellent to each other. <laughs>